Hey fam, welcome back to New Girl, Old Guy for episode 4 of New Girl Naked. I am neither the new girl nor the old guy. Nor uh, naked. My name is... Excuse me. <laughs> Wait your turn, old guy. Uh, no, my name is Allie Lasher, and that old guy who just stepped on me is the titular old guy, Akiva Winokur. Akiva, are you upset that your pull, you lost your poll? Well, I'm not upset because I think grammatically, like, when I, when I was saying eponymous, that's wrong. If the podcast was called Ali Lasher, Akiva Wieneker, I would be the eponymous Akiva. But I'm not. I'm the titular old guy, not the eponymous old guy. I, you'll have to explain to me what that it means. Uh, yeah, they, it's year four <laughs> of law school. You haven't gotten there yet. All right. Well, uh, I mean, how are you? I was going to get right into the Akiva summary because I'm excited, but I guess we should... Uh, Act like we didn't just chat for an hour before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm great. Uh, I, you said hello, fam, but I think it's friends, fam, you know, friends and fam is really the the. Uh, the Everybody's family. If you're here, episode four. I think once we get to season two, I'll stop greeting everyone like that. But for now, I feel like, you know, everybody who's with us on the ground floor here, and to all the people who tweeted us saying they were here, you're fam. What's the restaurant that says if you're here, your family? What, on the like a commercial that says that? When you're here, your family is that mm-hmm. the Olive Garden? Yeah. Have you ever been to the Olive Garden? Uh, I've been to the Olive Garden in Times Square before a Know It Alls event with uh, Taryn Armstrong and Jordan Parhar and all of these other people who are new listeners who don't know us won't know. But anyway, I I went for a drink and then I and then I left. So I haven't really made. Of a firm stay at the Olive Garden. That, that can't be kosher, the Olive Garden. It's not kosher. That's why I asked, because these things to me are so foreign. You know, <laughs> chain restaurants like Applebee's and, and the Olive Garden. To me, they're like, they seem so cool. I've never been to one. Um, You're not missing much. I know, but it's also funny to me that you were in Manhattan with people who don't live in Manhattan, and they chose to step foot in an Olive Garden as opposed to, you know, one of what at the time was New York City's, you know, thousands of restaurants and bars that are better than the Olive Garden. Arkiva, do you think for one second that I had anything to do with that? Of plan? course you didn't. It's funny. It's even funnier that it's like tourists are going there. It's like a, it's like a joke that Michael Scott makes on the office. <laughs> uh, well, now that we've shamed everyone, um, I think you should explain uh, the episode we're going to talk about today. I, I, I'm happy with this episode four. I'm curious to sort of take your temperature and where you're at with New Girl as a show. Because to me, this is the first episode that like isn't doing exposition that is mm-hmm. just like this could be an episode in season four of new girl yeah we're only moving forward basically I, I, that's how i feel how do you feel akiva all right well let me explain what what this episode is to the people Please. who do not watch the show and just come here and they want to hear my recap so this episode is called naked <laughs> it is a your very, recap it is a very cla- well my you know 30 second explanation of what the episode is um it is a very classic sitcom trope where at the beginning of the episode, uh, the titular new girl, uh, Jess, or as we like to call her, Zooey, sees <laughs> Nick in the nude as he's preparing for a date. And then uh, we spend most of the episode, you know, basically dealing with the fallout from that. As, as you would basically predict within, you know, the second that happens, eventually Jess gets, you know, Jess gets naked in front of Nick. For a, a sort of a payback, <laughs> and um, al- along you know the B story is very intertwined. Where 
Schmidt really wants to see his best friend Nick naked as well. He's very jealous of Zooey that she has seen Nick naked. <laughs> and and sort of the B minus C subplot we get we you know they, they stay loyal to Winston that uh, you know we need to see a little Winston is that he is applying for jobs and needs to learn about pop culture because he spent the last two years in bas- uh, in Latvia playing basketball and there is no payoff to this story at all. I mean, look, I think I would I think that was a great summary. Thank you, Akiva. First of all, let me just pat myself on the back for giving you I'm like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like I give you the best songs. Like what a great idea that was for me to have had to have you do a summary every episode. There are so wow. many better analogies than Lin-Manuel Miranda. You should be like. You no, see? not if you're a theater person. Okay. Lin-Manuel Miranda gives uh, Leslie Odom the best songs in Yeah, but he cast Burr himself Burr. as the role, and people think he's not a good singer. That's a no, terrible No, but Aaron Burr analogy. is the lead of Hamilton, but let's move on from that. Oh, but... How about Steve Nash? You're like, uh, you're a... a the, yeah, you know, how just, about Steve Nash? He just got hired as the as, as the head coach of the Nets. So like Steve I actually Nash, did see that. Yeah, he, he dishes out dimes to, you know, he, the other people get the credit, although he did win two MVPs, so... All right, know. anyway, just kudos to me is really the point of that. But I, I would say, not to be nitpicky here, I think Winston's job thing is really the B story and the Schmidt wanting to see Nick's uh, uh, chickadees, Bing Bong and Chickadees, is mm-hmm. really like three lines. So I, it's interesting to me that that was your B story takeaway. Well, the episode ends on that and we barely get an ending to the Winston part. So I, I would disagree. I think that's the C story. Well, let's talk about I think we'll get to it. Let's have a little more construction than the organization from than last week. Although I hear we're getting better every week. Love improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there's some resolution to that. So we'll we'll take that as it comes. We have some old business to attend to before we really dive deeper in from your summary. One. I maybe ask at the end. I want to sort of take your temperature four episodes in if you're liking the show or not. I feel like we haven't really been asking you that. Okay. I want to say that this episode, I basically nailed it. If you remember last week. When, yes, you know, that's on my old business. Incredible job by Kiwi. So, I, but to me, it's a little disappointing because I, Family Matters had a storyline like this. There's a lot of shows I'm blanking on that also had incredibly similar plot lines. This goes up there with the. I'm going away. Can you watch my dog or my goldfish? And they die, and you pretend that they're, you know, there's a fake goldfish, um, like is in like '90s sitcom tropes that happened on every single show, or you know, you meet a person and you get engaged to them uh, in in one episode, but by the end of the episode, you're you're you've broken up. Uh, I, to me, I saw where this was going the whole way. This felt incredibly sitcommy. Of course, you're correct that it, this is like uh, a standalone episode that doesn't really. This isn't like, hey, you know. Jess is still the new girl that's, you know, barely mentioned. And, uh, and we almost have to change the name of the show. Not our podcast. We could keep New Girl Old, <laughs> but the, the actual television show should change their name. Uh, by the end of – I think one of our goals is by the end of this the uh, podcast, we have picked, like, an official new name. And we'll retcon that the name of the show is whatever. Okay. Um, but I, I think it was very sitcom I'm not down on the show. I'm not writing it off. But I think this episode – was even more sitcommy than the, the last one. I, I thought it was a little paint by the numbers. I don't know what it added to, other than like the funny names that Jess had for like private parts. I don't know what this episode really added that was new to like this a storyline that like ch- you know sort of chalky sitcoms were doing twenty five years ago. Well, let's see if we can dissect it a little bit more as we go through. I I agree with, especially watching it with a closer eye. You know, I do think your experience watching New Girl would be different without, you know, 
doing it for a podcast, but such is the exercise here. Uh, very Three's Company vibes to me when she's like naked in the room and crawling out and he like the high, it was very like high jinxy. So I totally agree in terms of like, this could be cut and paste energy, if not just the full storyline from several sitcoms. Um, they do a little bit of like Seinfeld kind of quoting uh, that we'll get to that are, I think there are some lines Nick says that are very similar to something that would be said in Seinfeld. So, but, but that's like all of how I met your mother, you know? So it, it didn't bother me. I thought this was an entertaining episode, uh, but we'll really get into it. Speaking of Seinfeld and other sitcoms, uh, you had laid a controversial opinion last week about every sitcom being Friends or Seinfeld, and that uh, stirred up the listeners. Yeah, I, I think I did. People were sort of dunking on me. I, I, people kind of liked that every show, my, my take that every show was either Seinfeld or Friends. Some people thought, oh, that's interesting. You didn't hate it. But people hated the fact that I said in particular that Parks and Recreation was Seinfeld when people thought it's obviously Friends. I dropped the take, by the way, on a different podcast because the TV show Friends came up. And so I dropped it to our friend Rob. Um, and he uh, immediately made fun of me and said, that's incredibly stupid. No, it's not a good opinion. Uh, I do like that. You would not name you could plug your own podcast. I mean, there are people who are listening to this who don't know your other podcast. So feel free to p give yourself a plug. Oh, I because I also didn't plug this podcast when I said that because I figured it was like just be a shameless plug. If I said on new, well, old guy. I don't, don't want to be talking about your new you don't want to be talking about your new girlfriend in front of your old boyfriend. You know what I mean? I did. Like I, uh, I did today with Brian Cohen when we recorded a challenge preview podcast and I just plugged mm -hmm. the challenge right here. So, uh, you know, it's business, baby. Yeah, Synergy. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so all right. I, when I, I, Rob hated it. Well, of course he hated it. That's kind of his thing. Mm -hmm. Did not like it. All right. What, well, did, what do you think? I the, didn't what hate... was the general opinion? I Well, I just want to focus on Jason Curtis Rivera's take. Um, that it's really every sitcom is either Seinfeld or Friends, and Seinfeld means it's a sitcom that Akiva liked, and Friends means it's a sitcom Akiva didn't like. And I actually think that's more accurate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he got me. I I agree. I like that tweet. Like I, I 100% agree with JCR. It, I was and just saying, like, if I like you, you're Seinfeld, and if I don't like you, you're Friends. I have another... I'm afraid to ask which I am, but uh, I have another... Uh, anecdote from last week we talked about weddings what makes a good wedding and then I went to a socially distanced very small backyard wedding um last week that was more religious than a normal wedding I'd been to before any wedding I'd been to before and they had a cocktail hour before the wedding people brought their drinks to the to the you know I was gonna say the area with the service it was pretty much the same place and uh yeah I I cement my take from last week that that's the move that's the advice for Matt Stewart on weddings yeah, I, I like that. Let me ask you a question because I've heard of a lot of, you know, backyard weddings happening in the last five months. Could you go in the house to use the bathroom or, or they're like makeshift bathrooms? You could go in the house to use the bathroom, but I did not. Wow, classy lady. But yeah, no, I was just because like. <laughs> no, was... no, I didn't. I didn't use the bathroom. <laughs> well, that's classy. I mean, I feel like. Well, yeah, I thought no, you it... meant like you were saying like I went outside or something. Like, no, that's no, no, no. I was being genuine <laughs> and not like, yeah, I peed in the bushes during the wedding. That would be weird. Um <laughs> Uh, but no, because some of these, it's like, yeah, you don't, you know, hey, we're going to have this wedding, but we don't want you coming in the house or maybe at the height of, you know, real quarantines, like, you know, no one's allowed in the house. So then it's, uh, it's like, all right, we have these porta potties or something. And then it's like, all right, that's not a wedding type thing. 
Um, um. <laughs> yeah, but so the so are you are you a big like wedding food eater? By the way, we didn't really talk about that last week. Like, are you? Well, because I know you like to drink at weddings. What? But, <laughs> but are you like? Do you? Will will you like get stuffed at a wedding, or are you too busy like partying and, and drinking? Because well, I, I go to weddings for the food. At a wedding. Well, I yeah. get stuffed at a wedding. Um, yeah. I, I'm a big cocktail hour gal. I love hors d'oeuvres. I love mm-hmm. pre-dinner food. That's like that's where the action is. Really. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, please. Do you think you could spell hors d'oeuvres? Um, definitely not. Okay. Should we try? I, uh, I should we do? Should we try it? I could get the first part. I'm a terrible speller. Do you know that? I did. I, I think I knew that, but you're not as get, bad as 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 like. There are people who I know in my life who are like, oh, they're atrocious spellers. I don't have you on my atrocious speller list. Do you want to try and okay, spell? Okay, well, it? I should be. I'm an atrocious speller. I could get the first five letters. Okay, go for it. It's H O R S. Yeah, you got the first word. Space. D. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's all I have. I don't even know how to guess the rest of it. Should I guess? Is it it's funny hard. or sad yeah, if guess. I guess? No, you should go for it. Uh, it's a really hard D, word to spell. And there's an apostrophe. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that after the D. Is it D apostrophe like U-R-V-E-S? It's not terrible. O-E-U-V-R-E-S. <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay, so I just missed the O-E, and I honestly had E-U-R-V-E-S, but it didn't look right. So I was just really missing the O. And also, when you Google it, it says hors d'oeuvres. I don't think anybody says hors d'oeuvres, right? They say, like, hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres? Maybe I'm Long Island trash because I say hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> All right. Well, regardless, that's what I'm about. That's where you can find me. Um, and then, yeah, I, well, like, weddings are pretty good because they have you sit during the dinner, usually, for speeches, so you could really get a dinner in. This was the best kosher catering I've ever had in my life, Akiva. Like, it, it was a knockout. Incredible. That's exciting. Um, I mean, get their name. So when I come to your wedding, if it's not kosher, <laughs> like to my standards, you could at least have them send me a meal. Like I don't want airplane food. I've been trust me. I've been at weddings where like I get like really lame food because they're like, hey, you know, of course we thought of you. But then, you know, maybe it's a, it's not a place with a ton of kosher food options. So they're, they're like literally giving airplane food. And it's like I'd rather you not think of me and give me nothing. I'll just have drinks the whole time and like. A There's salad. no way you would rather them not think of you and give you nothing. Uh, no, I've been at I've been at a bar mitzvah where I was like, it was so nice, that I was like, oh, this is like really annoying that that uh, this is all I have because like everyone else is eating, the food looks so good, I couldn't eat any of it. That was depressing. All right, so with 15 minutes down, let's actually talk about this actual episode and not uh, your non-kosher kosher food debacles. Although I'm sure that will come up as we continue this journey. Um, all right, so we get the opening scene, uh, which, let, yeah, let's just take it through the main story uh, to start with Jess and Nick. Jess is sort of a very stereotypical girl in her pajamas eating ice cream, crashing the boys' night. Uh, and, and some tension right off the bat with Jess and Nick where Jess is like, oh, why are we watching a scary movie? And Nick says, uh, you're not watching it. We're watching it. Yeah, that's a little bit of like, okay, you're not really in the group yet. So that is one part of, of the episode where where Jess is still kind of the new girl. It is weird to me where it's like Nick really bounces around with sort of no reason. Like there's no reason at the end of the last episode that Jess and Nick would have tension now, you know? So it's like 
Nick is sort of either Jess's like biggest champion or annoyed the most at her. Ah, uh, some guys are just into negging sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> Kiva. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that is unfortunately true. Um, uh, but are you a movie talker? Cause so Jess is very annoying here. I think universally. So, you know, Nick might not have a reason to be annoyed at her at first, but then she's talking through the movie. She's suggesting they watch uh, fame and then she's spoiling the movie because she actually saw it in theaters. You would strike me as, as maybe an, an anti movie talker. First of all, I think you're, you are a movie talker because you're just a talker in general. So you definitely are a movie talker. I uh, I'm not my I I don't mind like uh you know a whisper here and there who is that person but my wife will always pause whatever we're watching if I stop to ask anything. If I come out and she's listening to something and I want to even ask the most basic question she'll pause first. So I'm not really allowed to to talk during things. The problem is with kids a lot of times like there's a lot of who's that? What's that person's name? Why are they doing that? So there's a lot of movie talking when you have you're watching movies with kids. My mom is a big movie talker. Like, she'll ask questions that we couldn't possibly know the answer to, like, having also not seen the movie. I'm not a movie talker. I see what you're getting at. I I am a social TV watcher. Like, we've watched uh, Survivor together. Like, I can get in trouble. I love to have watch parties, and I love to sort of, like, talk through things. But then I also get mad that I can't hear the episode. So I'm sort of a hypocrite. But in a movie, especially in a theater, I'm not talking. I don't think you can anymore. I feel like there's too much social pressure not to. Well, now you really, theater. yeah, you can't be in a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you seen an American Tale? Because I have to say, this is uh, one of my favorite lines in the sh- in the series when she describes an American Tale, saying it's about a little Jewish mouse with a great big heart. No, I've never seen it. What is it? I've also not seen an American Tale. I believe it is about a little Jewish mouse with a great big heart. It's like a mouse. It's like a Jewish mouse escaping some situation. I don't know. Google it. That won't be a spoiler. See I just Googled it. And uh, the first thing came up was an was an American pickle, which is an even Jewier movie than than an American. <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's about uh, Seth Rogen plays a guy who gets stuck for 100 years in like a pickle vat, like a Jewish guy in like 1920 Brooklyn. Who gets awoken in like 2020 as a hipster, basically. Are you a big pickle guy? I feel like yes. I do love pickles. Um, yeah. They, pickles, this is uh, something nobody needs to know. But when someone says the word pickles, my mouth waters. <laughs> the- I was so afraid that I was going to have to edit something out. But that's the best thing that you've said on any podcast. Yeah, here um, it's, a we- it's a weird thing because it doesn't happen... A hundred percent of the time. It did just happen now. Um, and there's no other food that I have like a weird reaction to. But if you say the word pickles, my mouth waters. Like a What lot. if somebody says chickadees, does your mouth water? No. How about pee pee and bubbles? Pee pee and bubbles, no. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> wow. All right. Well I, I I you know, once I asked you if you're a pickle guy, I was like, wow, this podcast is really jump the shark and then you really saved it there kiwi uh yeah well there's like american pickles and israeli pickles are very different um but i like both of them i really i I just love almost all pickles but i don't i married into a into a half sour family and i sit i sit at the table with my wife when she's with her like brothers and her dad and i just make fun of them i mean they're all like probably bigger and stronger than me but like i make fun of them and I'm like, you guys are eating cucumbers. Like, this makes no sense. You eat, 
like the spiciest foods in the world. But hey, you can't have a fully sour pickle. You need your pickle to be half sour. Well, I think like, that's a texture thing, too. It's not about it, – it's, like, less mushy. It's more structure. But I agree with you. And I had a professor in law school who I did, like, the equivalent of, like, teacher assistant, teaching assistant, whatever, for. And uh, I was a teacher assistant for. And uh, he would get us Zingerman's, which is a very famous deli sure, in Ann Sure, I've Arbor. heard of it. Yes. And, like – if they, they call them new and old pickles there, because I guess it's uh, I don't, this is very inside Jewish baseball. The conversations we just had about pickles, but sure. he would go on like I don't want to say rant because I respect it. He would go on about how a half the the quote new pickles, which was half sour, was a waste of a cucumber and was a disgrace, and that's not a pickle. And so he would throw them away. <laughs> no, I'm with him. All right, well that that's that's been pickle talk for hopefully sponsored the by Zingerman's. No, oh my God, great deal. You really should take a trip out there. I don't think it's kosher. Visit, visit Jofo. Oh, you're right. It is a Jewish style deli, but it's style. Not yeah, yeah. They take the good parts and leave the bad behind. You know, <laughs> the bad meaning like losing most of your business by being closed Friday night and Saturday. I was thinking the bad meaning you can't put cheese on a meat sandwich, but oh, yeah, sure. Fair enough. <laughs> the hours. <laughs> All right, so. Nick's going on a date, and this is really the catalyst to the entire drama of the episode, is that he has a date with Amanda, who works at the bar, who is played by Lake Bell. You a big Lake Bell fan? Yeah, I, she, Lake Bell had a show on, I think, ABC that just ended. Less and I watched. Miss? Yeah, I watched one episode, and I thought, A, like, this is fine, and B, I can't imagine, like, this lasting more than two episodes. But I do think it lasted two seasons. You're, I mean, you were familiar enough with it that you... Came up with a name. Did you see Bless This Mess? No, but I did go through an armchair expert phase, and I did listen to Lake Bell's interview on, because Dak Shepard was also on it, and so they talked about it. Armchair expert is the name of Dak Shepard's podcast? Correct. Where he just talks about how much he loves his wife, Kristen Bell, a lot? Not really. No? I thought that's, like, his thing, that he loves, like, his wife. I mean, he definitely loves his wife. I mean, I, so, I just want to, Lake Bell is one of the most attractive women in Hollywood, I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Is that a hot take? Not a hot take. I think she's underrated. (laughs) Um, But I Why did you giggle through that? No, because Did someone see your chickadees? Like, why did you laugh like that? Because it's a very stupid thing to say, that, like, someone (laughs) is, like, or someone, like, who has been chosen as, like, one of the most attractive women in the whole country is, like, underrated attractiveness. But I do think But I agree with you. Yeah. They, they make her kind of silly in this episode. Like, she's not, they're not, you know, they're making her seem more goofy than, like, you know, world's most attractive woman. Well, she's not really goofy. I feel like, she, like, she's, you know, the, the she's too ironic. She's like, wouldn't it be fun and, like, so insane if we, like, went on a date? I think this is a good move. Yeah, she, in the scene where she's with Nick in her, I, I think that's in her room, right? Um, you know, where I, she's just being like very annoying and doing that thing where you just like spin whatever the person says back at them, I, I, which is like very high schooly. Yeah. No, I, I assume we're never going to see like, are we going to see like Bell? Who Wait, be more again? specific. When is she? What is she doing? In her I didn't room? write it down, but she's sort of like, uh, you know, just like sort of innuendo, but more just like annoying, like whatever you say, I'm just going to spin it to be goofy. But it's like he's trying to be romantic. It's like very strange. But okay. I want to know if we're going to see Lake Bell again. Can you answer well, that Well, we're going to ask you that. We have a new segment at the ah, end, and you're right. going to make a prediction. Okay, we've fine. we've uh, gotten through this already. Mm-hmm. Well, I think but, she's the only sort of outside force in this episode, right? Um, I Besides believe the so. pee-pee and the bubbles. 
What did, what did you think of uh, Schmidt's dating package advice? Uh, package A, close to magic dinner drinks. Package B, close up magic drinks. <laughs> package C, close up magic. Uh, is he a magician? <laughs> maybe we'll add, maybe we'll add I'll add that to the package uh, the the uh, segment later. Uh, Schmidt magic plot. Will that continue? He would be a very convincing magician. So if he is, I feel like this is a, a good uh, foreshadowing. Uh, I, I feel like close-up ma- close magic in general is having a moment. You never heard about close-up magic when we were kids. Now it's like the most popular type of magic. Yeah, when I was um, working at my job as an intern for the summer, I went to two separate magic shows, and they were like two very hot tickets that people were jealous that I was going to. Mm-hmm. And those were at Zingerman's, the deli? No, no, this was in New York City. I'm messing with you. A lot of good magic in New York. It's true. Mat- what? Well, let's rank the magic cities. <laughs> number magic one, city. Orlando. It's no, magic- I feel like Vegas is number one. No, well, they, Orlando has literally the Orlando Magic and the Magic Kingdom. But that's, no, no, we're, ra- we're, we're raiding close at magic cities. And I feel like, what's that ma- magician's castle in L.A.? That's got to put L.A. Yes, on the- I think it is called the magician's castle or something like that. So I, I would say it's Vegas. Then maybe L.A. and then New York. Okay. And there's no fourth. The Mount Rushmore of Close Up Magic is really out there for the taking. <laughs> I do have think. Orlando. Have you, ever, have you ever taken a kid to, to the Magic Kingdom? It's magic. I've been a kid at the Magic Kingdom. You go and you're close up. Close up magic. I once uh, I lost my blankie in Disneyland. And my dad always said, uh, Disney World, that only in Walt Disney World would they have seen a shredded piece of garbage cloth and known... This is important to someone, and uh, sent it to the lost and found. So. Oh, that's beautiful! You got it back. Do you still have your blankie? I don't know if my mom still has it. It was uh, she set a trap. Like, do any of your kids have a blankie or a bad habit you're gonna want them to break? Honestly, maybe I'm an amazing parent, and none of my kids have like uh, sort of. I don't think any of my, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm a terrible parent, and they do, and I don't know about them. That's what just hit me. But or, like, I, I, or I, they like, haven't formed an attachment to anything. Well, I mean, my daughter is in is in high school this week. Like, I think you know, she would have oh, atta- been attached to something. Um, I don't. I none of my kids have like a blankie, and some of their friends do, or did when they were younger, or like a doll. None of them have really anything. But I really stress. Maybe maybe this is bad, Allie. I really stress that like stuff is not important. Because I, I hate, like, hoarding, so I'm an anti-hoarder. I want to throw everything out. Oh, that's like, good. I think the, that's a good habit to the build. The only kids. thing, but I'm not, no one is on my team in this house. They, they view me as, like, a bully Generally. for saying that. They literally, like, don't want to leave their stuff around me, like, oh, don't throw this out, Dad, because I know you're going to throw it out. Like, no, I'm not going to throw it at your computer. But, they, you know, and some of these kids, like, will bring home a rock and then think it's, like, sacred. And it has to go in the museum that's going to be dedicated to them in 20 years. You can't throw it out. My dad was very sentimental with items, and I once got yelled at for spilling milk when I was seven on playing cards. We were, he was teaching us how to play hearts. I spill milk, gets literally, don't cry over spilled milk, gets on his playing cards, ruins the cards. I had these cards for 30 years. <laughs> like, who keeps playing cards for 30 years yeah. and then yells at their kid over it? So I think you're doing the right thing, and, and uh, the kids will come around. It's a negative. In fact, we have, like, board games that we have doubles of. And my wife will make the kids play with the new ones because, like, the old one is, like, more special. Like, she had those when she was a kid, so we're going to ruin the good ones. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think – here's my rule for stuff, okay? Everyone listening at home, the friends and family. Of- no one – I think people turn this off. We've gotten really uh, 
No, this is good. Strange this is fine. Today. Yeah, it is a little strange. But for for the NGOG, you know, diehards who are still with us, you get four like three or four things that you can care about. It can be like a collection. You can care about like stamps or bubbles or baseball cards. I don't know, whatever. But you you can't have thousands of possessions that are important to you. You can have like four or five. Everything else has to be expendable. That's my rule. So you can care about something. You just can't care about every little thing. Kiva, I feel like people can't listen to this because this is like the actual responsible good dad advice side of you. And I feel like that goes against your whole image. I mean, like, that's I, great advice. That's very good practical advice. I'm not like, listen, if I was all like stupidity, then you couldn't take what I was saying seriously. But once in a while, I'll hit a dinger. L- listen, uh, how about this? I But I'm famously like don't like to tie my shoes and I barely know how. So then people can – and you're listening to a podcast by uh, – to, to paraphrase the movie Clueless by two people who don't drive. So let's not, <laughs> let's not take That's all of our advice That's a deep paraphrase. Literally. Yeah. Definitely a deep paraphrase of that quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically all you did was the doesn't drive. You needed to quote something for that? Well, yeah. I was just thinking – <laughs> I mean what's the, the quote? Stacey Dash who's – uh, you know, now a big MAGA person, I think, says <laughs> to share, you're just a virgin who can't drive. And that's like, right. Cutting. But, you know, that's yeah. the that's the meat of the quote, not just like, oh, she's a person who doesn't drive. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. You have four kids. So the jig is up. Drive. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, so Nick is feeling self-conscious because Jess and Schmidt say he's got a little p- pouch where he keeps his extra cookies. So mean. Also, when Nick reveals his shirt, his shirt off, I mean, obviously, he's a famous actor, like nothing to be ashamed of there. Uh, kind of thing where if you actually, if he actually did have a gut, they wouldn't be able to say it to him. Probably but Nick kind of takes it. Or yeah, show like you it. never call a fat person fat. You like call a skinny mm-hmm. person fat. Exactly. It's a joke. Yes. You shouldn't call anyone fat, but you mm. know. Except you could call yourself fat, but even probably not. It's, you know, it's not a good look. I don't like when people make uh, fat jokes about themselves. I do it. And then I, like I'll get mad like when people will meet me, they're like, oh, I thought you were like Gilbert Grape's mom. The way you talk about yourself. I've gotten that. <laughs> I mean, I see. Yeah. Why put the idea in someone's head that you're disgusting? I mean, and I don't think saying you're fat means you're disgusting. I think you would like really like if you like really self-loathing, you're self-deprecating, self-deprecating about your appearance. I do. You're saying. No, if one were to. If one, a hypothetical you. Okay, I got it. Yeah. You shouldn't, but I don't know. This is how people feel about themselves. I'm very self-deprecating, but but typically not about my appearance. No, not at all. No, you're very confident. Uh, it's more just like I don't want to invite the conversation. Like, well, yeah, why if would I say you? I'm annoying, yeah. you're always going to have somebody who's also like, yeah, she's annoying, like whatever. I don't want to start – like I'm not willing to take comments from the, on the internet about my appearance, positive no, I or think negative. So I don't, yeah. I don't put it into the atmosphere. Yeah. I don't mind just because nobody has any opinions about my appearance. But then you get mad when someone draws an unflattering cartoon of you. No, I'm I'm always jacked. When someone draws a cartoon of me on Twitter, yeah, I'm the superheroes o- are a little. I'm always jacked. Yeah, the superhero is not great, but in general, I'm I usually have enormous <laughs> forearms, so I like that. <laughs> okay, congratulations on your big forearms. Mm-hmm. Fake forearms. Um, all right, so Nick's doing a little dance to, as just says, Jamaican music. Uh, uh, spoiler alert for the future: Nick loves a pump-up soundtrack. Nick, Nick likes to get pumped up. I think this is a music, pretty music-centric show so far. I'm excited that like they do seem to incorporate a lot of music. They're willing to spend some budget money on it. That's what it seems like through four apps. All right. Uh, that's not a bad take. Uh, but all right, as predicted, uh, Nick gets naked. 
And Jess walks in and sees him, has this most insane, honestly, clownish reaction, laughing at him. And what's unclear to me is why she even tells Winston and Schmidt. I guess that has to, like, sort of move the plot along, but not really what I think would be most likely to happen. In a real scenario or with Jess? Because Jess is, it does seem like she's a little bit of a blabbermouth, that she would go tell the other people. She doesn't know how to handle it herself. She's not really capable of, of dealing with the guys yet, necessarily. So, Kiva, I have to ask, I have to ask you, as sure. the resident male on the podcast, okay. would this be a big deal, or was this sort of, like, overinflated? Like, the whole thing. Is, is this a big deal, what happened here? So, if the, the issue, the whole issue at hand is the laugh, right? If she walks in and sees it, and is like, oh, sorry, and walks out, I think it never comes up again. But you never want to hear a laugh. And they say, I wrote that in my notes, and then... And then, like, and then he literally says that, right? You don't want to, like, why are you laughing? Even if you're the world's most confident person, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to do, right? Like, wh- why, why are you laughing? What are you laughing about here? What's funny? I agree. I, look, I think part of Jess's reaction is that she's embarrassed that she saw Nick naked, and right. Nick's reaction is the laugh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think it would be normal to laugh. I know that's a big sitcom trope that it's like, oh, like you can't laugh at a guy like that. But it's like they're friends. They're barely friends. They're only four episodes into this friendship, and mm-hmm. like she sees him naked, and that's like an awkward moment. So she laughs. I think she, in in that way, the insane reaction is the right reaction for the sitcom's purpose because she screams and then giggles. So it's a clearly not an awkward laugh. Like. Mm-hmm. She laughs in such a way that is clearly offensive to him. But if she had just been like, uh, like, actually, in the in the shrinkage episode of Seinfeld, she also laughs mm-hmm. a- yes. and exits. I think she but points even, maybe. Life- does, she, does she point? I don't, I don't I have to rewatch. I think no. she laughs, says sorry, and closes the door. I yeah, she says sorry. Marriage. She definitely does say sorry. And, she, like, like giggles again. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I just feel like this is such a not realistic plot. Like, for, for what a typical sitcom trope it is. Does this happen? In real life? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like in real life, if you were to walk on a, in on a friend naked and see his bing bong and chickadees, you might laugh because it's awkward, but you wouldn't cackle and then leave the room. I think they would be, you'd be much quicker to, like, slam the door. You'd be, you're, you're, you're plotting your escape, usually, from the room when this happens, I feel like. Well, I don't know. Have you, I've walked in on people in the bathroom, like, like strangers, and, like, I sure. freeze sometimes. Yeah, you do freeze because you're not expecting to see them. I've definitely had scenarios, right? It's more in the bathroom than like dancing naked in their in their personal bedroom that you just walked in without knocking. Um, but yeah, you you kind of do freeze, but I don't think I've ever laughed. It's more like awkward, and then you like never make eye contact with them again for the rest of your life. All right, the the great MJC Michael J. Clark. Uh, this is maybe personal. I don't know. Here we are, though. Um, we've we've this laughed friends about and family. Yeah. We've laughed about uh, the PP and the bubbles. She says, Dozier and chickadees, bing bong and chickadees, Nick says later. MJC, for some unknown reason, he'll have to explain to us later, wants to know, do Akiva and Mara use ato- anatomically correct terms for genitalia with their kids? What? Nobody. I, I don't mean, know why he wants to know Well, this. I did say, my daughter did, did say the other day, and remember, English is not really their first language anymore, and one, one of my kids said, like, uh, they knew, uh, I'd say, like, um, I forget what word it was, but they knew they knew like, uh, you know, like a PG-13 type word. And I said, how do you know that? And it's like, well, you were listening to a podcast out loud. So, and then I said, like, how did you know? But how do you know if you didn't know the word? How did you fi- how do you like know it? But it's like then they like went over, did the whole bit 
was like, oh, okay, you got it. Wait, <laughs> what? Can you give us a hint as to what? Oh the no, word I'm, was? I was just being. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was Dick. Oh well, that's not anatomically correct. No, well, you mean like a scientific term? Like I, I think like I'll I'll answer this question for MJC. Not that anyone cares about me, but like my mom was really big on us knowing our correct terms when we were kids, and my dad was really embarrassed by that because I'd be like three years old running around like saying the scientific terms, and my dad was like, "Really? She had the like? Did she mm-hmm. really need to learn that at three? It is weird because like when if that you, explains anything about how why I am the way that I yeah, am. No, I think that's pretty common. I think like a three year old will like walk around like asking you what like what body parts you have and stuff like that. All um, right, MJC, terrible question. <laughs> but I, I should be screening it. But yeah, I do. But I I, I sort of em- like you sort of empathize with um with Jess with like like every every word sounds either like uh, like sort of inappropriate or aggressive or babyish for sort of all like i don't know all like private parts all like bathroom related stuff it, like there, there's no like happy medium really anywhere well let's talk about this so we have a uh, matt stewart special and he says is this the most time saying penis on a primetime sitcom episode that you might know this well, it's the plot of the first or second episode of Dawson's Creek is his grandmother's very religious, Pacey's grandmother. Not Pacey, um, Michelle Williams, I think. It's her grandma, right? And and uh, and she... Oh, you've never seen Dawson's Creek? I, like, know the characters, but I definitely can't, like, quote this right. episode. So she she um, she's trying to get her grandmother to say the word penis because her grandmother is, I guess, like, very religious and, and, like, not into that sort of thing. And so she yells, like, say, Grandma, say penis. And then my dad walked into the room, and, and he was rabbi, and he was, like, not impressed with what I was like. What are you watching? What is this? Shut this off. Dawson's uh, Creek might fit perfectly in. Like, I like doing this with people I'm even, like, two years older or younger than. Like, what is the pop culture that, like, fills the well between us? And mm-hmm. I feel like Dawson's Creek is definitely one where I was, like, just too young to be watching it. And yes. you were probably right And nobody time. would really rewatch it now. I don't know why, but I don't think it's held up so well. It sort of went off the rails. I I wasn't watching it even when it was done. I don't want to spoil it, but there's like a sad thing that happens towards the end of the series. And I just remember like we were watching football and there was a bunch of girls watching when I was abroad uh, right after high school. A bunch of girls watching in like the other room watching the Dawson's Creek. I don't know if it was the finale or one of the last episodes. And something really sad happens and they were all just beyond hysterical. It was like an all-time like TV crying moment. Is that what we should do uh, after we get through New Girl? Then we do... Uh kiwi's creek and uh we watch dawson's creek where you've seen it and i haven't i mean i haven't seen every episode yeah well we could take votes in season six we'll start (laughs) taking votes for what we should watch next let's get through Um, season one here first before we start making plans uh speaking of uh the use of penis i want to talk about uh how and i i didn't notice this when i was first watching or like in my rewatches just generally, mm-hmm. but having started watching, I did clock this, that in the first episode, just says penis, and I pulled from the script, Call Me Alex Chester, mm-hmm. your co-host on 32 Fans, mm-hmm. who's very much like this, and I have lines from the script where she says it, where uh, Nick's at the, they're having a fight at the bar, and Nick says, or I could pretend to be more like you, Jess, and live on a sparkly rainbow and drive a unicorn around and just sing all the time. Jess says, yeah, I think you should sing all the time. Nick, no, I was being mean. I'm not going to do that, Jess. Jess, why not? It's fun. Nick, because I have a penis, Jess. Jess, my name is Nick. I have a penis, and I'm not going to let any feelings out. <laughs> yeah, so, now that you say you know, that, that's a good catch. Not great continuity there. 
considering the entire plot of this episode is that she can't say <laughs> penis. Yeah, but listen, uh, episode one is not canonical because of Coach, I think. All right. Fair episode enough. two Good is excuse. the real pilot. That's what we're going to have to run with. Um, it is funny because I, I said this in the second episode and the third episode, but like Jess is very, for lack of a better word, like I don't want to say virginal, but like very innocent, right? Like she's, you know, it's weird that she had this long-term boyfriend because if you told me like no man has ever seen her naked, like, do, do you know what I mean? Like there's something about her where she's very babyish in this, in, in still. Like I she's said, just she was a like cupcake. a cupcake. She is a cupcake, but she's like. You know, she she's she's very much like not even in high school. She's like a seventh grader still. So I think the reverse is true, actually. I think she I mean, I think part of the way she's reason she's like this is because she's Jess and it's her personality. Mm -hmm. But I also think the fact that she's been in a long term relationship for this long means she's hasn't had to date. She hasn't had to have like life experience. She hasn't had. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Yeah, she hasn't had to talk to a lot of guys mm-hmm. or be friends with guys, maybe. Like, she just, like, lived with her boyfriend for six years and now is, like, re-entering the world when, you know, a lot of people, when they get into a relationship at, like, 20 mm. for six years or 22 for, for six years. years. Yeah. When they, No, I, I was not trying to talk about you. I was trying okay, to peg fine. when Jess would have been with Spencer. Let's talk like, about me. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> but when they get into a relationship... No, I don't want to put this on you. When sure. they get into a relationship and they don't get married and they break up six no. years later, it's like... They are kind of like just coming into the world again and are like getting used to like these interactions that are new to them. So I think in a way it's like sort of tracks with, yes, she's like cartoonish, but I do think it tracks with like the setup they've given us. That makes sense. And also maybe like in some way she's still the 19 year old when she met him, like especially in a bad relationship. Maybe there was no growth. Maybe no growth. Seinfeld. It's Seinfeld. New girl is Seinfeld. Mm hmm. Um, all right, Winston gives you an incredibly important plot point here that uh, Winston says that he has seen Nick's bubbles because they grew up together. You catch that? Yes, I did catch that. They th- we talked about this last week, so now we know Winston and Nick were childhood friends who used to be on probably teams together. I was thinking this uh, when we we're watching this episode, like. Maybe because I'm not an athlete or maybe because like I, the type of schools I went to, like there are no locker rooms in this in like most like all boys, monoorthodox male high schools or co-ed. Um, but like I don't ever remember like just changing with friends in school. You know what I mean? Like I didn't grow up like just seeing my friends junk. Does that make any sense? Um, it, well, it does because you're coming at it from apparently a modern Orthodox perspective where they don't have locker rooms. I'm coming at it from a New Jersey public school perspective. And, uh, yeah, you got changed in the locker room starting in middle school for gym. Right. We didn't have a locker room. We didn't really even get changed for gym. We sort of played in our clothes, but it's also like a smaller school a lot of times. Uh, and I guess if you're on like a real team, maybe, but I was just on the tennis team where you're not getting naked usually to like drive to the U.S. Open and play tennis. Um, I think it's common for two friends growing up together, not in modern Orthodox society, to have glimpsed each other's bing bong and chickadees. Yeah, I don't. I'm just, tr- but I was trying to think of examples for this episode. I don't think I've seen my friends bing bong and chickadees. Well, I'm saying you are not, and I'm I'm speaking from outside the Orthodox community sure, and sure. telling you that I do think what what's not normal is Schmidt's obsession yeah. with wanting to have see Nick's eh, bing bong and chickadees as a friend. Uh, he just, but I, it's not normal. But then now that every other person in the group has seen it, he feels a little out of place. But also Schmidt is not giving up his own thing. I do think if Schmidt, if you're going to be a good friend, 
You gotta you gotta show Nick first before you could even ask him. Well, Nick would have no interest in that. I mean, I, I, think, I well, understand, but it's like here now you have to. The same. This way is very you. I think if you had found out that uh, like. Chester, who's your 32 fans co-host, and Rob, who's your other co-host on Renap, and like Josh Wiggler, who's a great uh, entertainment journalist, had all seen each other's bing bongs. I actually think you would be like Schmidt and you would feel bad about it. Yeah, it's true. Let me text Chester now and ask him if by the end of the podcast he'll send me a picture of his bing bong. Hold on. He will. <laughs> well, we almost saw his bing bong on a Zoom we were doing. He was like pantsless. Oh, we were a little too close inside his, inside his thighs. That is true. <laughs> Um, I, I wanted, I wanted to ask you what's the worst name. Clearly I like Bing Bong and Chickadees. I keep saying it, but between PP and Bubbles, Dozier and Chickadees, Bing Bong and Chickadees, or just the gun, just the roses, just the hub, as Schmidt says, which is, uh, which is the best? Can we do a ranking of, uh, best and worst names for uh, your Chickadees? Yeah, that's a lot to remember, but I, what is Dozier? I've never heard that before. I have no idea. I like the what gun, the roses, the hub. Like- and you like that? I like. I, I think it's funny. Like I wouldn't use it, but I think it's funny. It, it, I do think it is funny, but I think like it. It's the worst one. It is bad. I do think they probably had a lot of fun in the writers' room that day, coming up with these yeah. names, and like they probably threw out some really funny ones that we that they didn't make air. I can't stop laughing at Bing Bong and Chickadees. I don't know how Nick says that with a straight face. It is do, so funny. Do any of these come up again? I wonder. Like Pee Pee and Bubbles or Bing Bong and Chickadees. Well. I'm going to forget to put that later, so let's just make that call now. Do you think it'll come No, back? I don't think so. Um, all right, we do get another important part that Matt Stewart pointed out. We get the first Fat Schmidt flashback. Uh, he's saying that his family usually ignores things till they go away and does not, you know, Jess is obsessed with having to talk to Nick about this. And they do a cutaway to a chubby young Schmidt and, spoiler alert, a woman who will not continue to play his mom <laughs> later yeah. in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, a real Morty Seinfeld switcheroo, uh, and he's in a bunny suit. To be honest, I didn't really get this cutaway, no. but uh, you do get a glimpse of uh, Chubby Schmidt. Yeah, this I feel like they like had something else in the script, and then they just had to film this in ten seconds. This was one of the, maybe the worst scene of the of the show so far. The flashbacks in general, I'm ha- happy that they're going to do them because I'd love to learn more about the characters. But I think the flashbacks in this episode did not do much for me. We also see, I we see sort of dorky. Uh, Zoe Deschanel back in high school in a flashback. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I was also going to add that we're like, we're going to get more flashbacks of Jess. And she was this sort of like nerdy person that they show today in the uh, today, this episode in the flashbacks. So like that sort of adds, I feel like she was nerdy in high school and then she ends up in this long term relationship. Who knows what happened in college? And so it sort of informs her. I just didn't know we knew that yet. I forgot. Um, can I ask you a question? Please. Should we incorporate a feeling stick on this podcast going forward? Hard to pass a feeling stick virtually. That is true. I wonder if someone could make us like an online feeling stick. Eh, I'm all right. Do classes really have that? I I feel like I've never. Is that a modern thing? I don't know. Jess is very like Montessori, like hipster teacher-y. So like, yeah, I, I could see that. My mom actually, this is fun. My mom's a teacher and... She got a piece of like floor tile from a custodian she works with at the school. And every once in a while, if her kids are like not really, well, when we, they were in person, when her kids like, you know, kids get distracted. She teaches kind of young kids. She would p- take out the piece of tile and say, I have the floor. And that, get it? 
It's pretty tile. good. That's pretty and good. And then, like, then she would have people pass around the floor who, like, wanted to talk, and then you have the floor, and it, like, motivates younger kids to be like, oh, I have the floor, and, like, feel important. So maybe that's the equivalent. It'd be harder to break, probably, than Nick, Nick uh, snaps this feeling stick in half yeah, pretty quickly. I, I had a, a 10th grade teacher, English teacher named Dr. Horowitz, who had, like, a meltdown once because we weren't behaving uh, while we were reading Lord of the Flies, and he kept yelling, I have the conch, which is, like, a big part of the... Of Lord of the Flies, I have the conch, um, and uh, it was pretty wild. He threw. He was like a big Shakespeare scholar, and he threw a Shakespeare book. He was so mad, which is oh. which was like wild. People were going crazy. I feel like the reaction shouldn't be like, "Oh, he really values this," and it was shocking he threw it. Your reaction should be like, "It's shocking that he threw something." It was, but I think it was like the eighth time that day, probably that we had a. It was a rough class. I think teachers were were just like quitting left and right rather than teaching us. So it was like. It wasn't even the highlight of the afternoon, probably him throwing that book. Uh, I do. I do want to give a shout out to a little gag. I, the little feeling, the travel size feeling stick made me laugh in this. episode. That's funny. Yeah, there's definitely like a little a bunch of funny cutaway jokes. I do think this is the funniest episode so far. Yeah. To me, this is the first episode that feels like, OK, this is sort of new girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, even um, though I didn't like the episode at all, um, <laughs> like from a from a. Uh, overall standpoint that like I still enjoyed myself because there were a lot of funny bits like it wasn't boring it just like I can't believe they picked this as a plot knowing it's happened 10,000 times and then didn't have like a super original spin on it uh well we do finally get CC. you've been tracking that we really haven't yes. had much CC, and it's really continues not much of, of CC here just kind of giving her sort of the Kramer idea of like okay he's seen you naked you've seen him naked then you have he has to see you naked Yes, I will say, I, I wrote in my notes at the very beginning of this episode, has the show yet passed the Bechdel test? It is not. <laughs> and it is a show called New Girl. So there's already one woman there. All she has to do is talk to a woman, not about a guy. But it has, it, in, uh, I wasn't really tracking in episode one, but I believe it has not happened yet. That is interesting. I mean, I think, does she technically talk to Spencer's ex-girlfriend about, like, how are you or something maybe that is possible maybe it happened girlfriend. at the wedding and i'm missing it i don't know when they were in the bathroom or i don't know it is possible but i don't think it's no, happened because she talks about schmidt in mm -hmm. the bathroom with the knife and she talks to uh yeah interesting it how has about not, jess and Cece have not have not passed the test yet yeah i think you were right that's a good call and also like jess supposedly has all these model friends we learned that in the first episode as, as far as I know right now, it's just the one model friend. I haven't seen the whole crew of models yet. I believe she says that Cece's a model and all her friends are models. So she all her friends meaning Cece's. So she doesn't want to stay with Cece because oh. all of her friends are I models. Thought she's like, I thought Jess's she said friends. all my friends are models because otherwise, like, that's one of the reasons they let her in, right? It's like, oh, there's going to be a lot of models coming over. I really think the quote is like, I can't stay at CeCe's anymore. She's a model and all her friends are models. All right. I don't think we're going to solve this this second unless you have a script in front of you. But I am pulling up the script because I had looked at we it got earlier. <laughs> we got time. We got time. Another, uh, I'll, I'll tell you while, while, while you're, you know, stretching for time here. I did write at the very beginning of the episode when she walked in on him, there is a 100% chance that she's going to flash him by the end of the episode. So I did nail that right away. Um, um, okay, yeah. why are you coming to me when I've seen this show a thousand times and you've seen it once? Oh, no. I'm tired of living with my friend. She's a model. All her friends are models. Later, Schmidt says, I'm going to say yes, her friends are models. Okay. okay, you guys, models. But that is not what Nick's, uh, what Jess says. 
All right. I thought the implication was that there would be a lot of models coming over, but I guess I think that is the that definitely was the implication, but it's not that all her friends are. Okay, models. fair enough. Fair enough. I have to I have to rewatch this show, I guess. <laughs> I think you're all right. Another another note I wrote is the bathroom, which we discussed a little bit in the first episode, is so gross. Like there's two urinals and then there's a stall that like overlooks the urinal right there. So, you know, you there would be no privacy in the stall like you're in a public bathroom, basically. This bathroom is a nightmare. Imagine living in a bathroom like this with two urinals and a stall on top of each other. <laughs> you're anti-urinal. You're more of a stall man. No, I, I'm pro-urinal. First of all, if like the urinal gets cleaned, if you're in a bar or a restaurant, who is cleaning the urinal? Do they have a, like a housekeeper coming every week? I will say this. It will become clear to you later in the series who's cleaning the, the apartment. Okay, fine. But you know what do you I mean? Have predictions? It's, it's, do you think that they have a housekeeper? Do you want to make a prediction? Yeah, about my that? prediction How is, is no one's cleaning it. But if it has okay. to be someone, I'll say Jess. I'll say Jess is secretly cleaning it. Um, but I, yeah, no, I'm not anti-urinal. Like if my bathroom had a urinal, I would use it. But it's insane to have two next to each other in a house of four people. Yeah, it I mean, it's, two it's a crazy apartment. The whole apartment is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's wrap up this this uh, A story to borrow from the great uh, Hannah Shapiro. Um, she invented A stories? No, but just, you know, I really i am a big fan of their podcast. Sure. Um, all right, so uh, Nick eventually opens up to Amanda, feels like uh, it's going to be on, and Jess is there in a towel, naked. Nick sees her, they both scream, Amanda screams, and Jess runs out. Uh, and then Nick delivers a very similar, for any Seinfeld fans out there, George says, you know, we're living in a society, and that's what this made me think of, where Nick says, we live in a world with rules, we have doors, we knock on those doors. Very, uh, very Seinfeld-esque. Um, yeah. I, 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 is there going to be one episode of the 174 or however many, 147 New Girl episodes where we don't mention the word Seinfeld? I think we already have it. You think so? I think it would be funny if one time we made like a pact not to mention Seinfeld in it. I'll do it from now on, moving forward. Never. We're never going to mention it again because I already have a Seinfeld question for you. Okay, well, why don't you get it out of the way now? No, we'll talk about it offline. It has nothing to do with New Girl. Oh, okay. Well, all right. So let's get to the Winston storyline because I guess I thought there was more meat on the bone here than you did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, the story, as you so beautifully summarized in the beginning, that he's struggling with his job interviews because he's been out of the pop culture and news media cycle in america uh schmidt says his summary is the country is broke and betty white's back matt stewart wants to know what kind of job was Winston applying for applying for that chit-chatting about a jwow retweet is a good question it has to be some sort of blogging job right it has to be some sort of internet writing job that's what i was thinking see i actually think it's it could be any job because uh he later says another job he's applying to is like medical sales I think it's sort of what's wrong with jobs today is that, you know, people talk a lot about confirmation bias and hiring. Like, a lot of interviews are completely not substantive and just like, do you have the same interests? And can we talk for 20 minutes about that? It's true because I've gone on interviews and a lot of it is like, uh, I, I almost think it's like better if someone's like asking about the po- about like podcasting or whatever that comes up. They either only want to talk about that or or never bring it up. And if you bring it up, they like immediately change the subject. That's what I found like it's and, and the point being that they are trying to find common ground with you, uh, not necessarily about the job. I feel like it's a lot of times it's like the interviewee who wants to know more about the job and the workplace and the interviewer is just like trying to get to know you as a person 
by finding some sort of thing. And then it really boils down to how much alike are you to the uh, interviewer? Yeah, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah. Um, basically, Winston goes into a pop culture regimen, and, and his uh, prescription for himself is he's watching The King's Speech and Human Centipede, Precious and David After Dentist, and then later you can hear Double Rainbow in the background. Matt Stewart says, if you were talking to someone about pop culture catch-up, uh, the pop culture catch-up from the last two years, ignoring the last six months, what would they be? Uh, I hope you have answers for this. I mean, even in the last six months, I feel like is more uh, heightened. Like it was like Tiger King yes. and uh, Love is Blind, huge. Love is Blind, you think that would make it? I don't think that would make the cut. Among my like, generation, I feel like, huge. yeah, but no, but I, people, I'm not saying it wasn't huge. I feel like people have forgotten about it already. I don't think anybody's talking about Love is Blind anymore. All right, so what's in the, I mean, were people really talking about uh, the things that Winston was catching up on? I don't remember. David after Denston, Dentist, yes. Yeah, and Precious, like, based like uh, based by the novel. Based, based on, on the novel, novel Pushed push by Sapphire? They have to make that joke, though. Why is that not in there? He has to make that joke. Because that's, that's a joke from something else. I know, but, like, any time you say Precious, you have to say that, and therefore it's weird that he doesn't say that. This might have been that. before their time. You, or after, too far after. I know, but, um, I, so I'm, I don't know. What would be, like, it's a tricky question, because we're talking about during quarantine, we could sort of remember, like you said, Tiger King and... Probably some other stuff we're forgetting. But then two years ago, I don't know. I don't know what was happening two years ago. I thought you'd be good to figure this out. I know, but you had the time to think about this. Had I, no, I didn't because I was like, oh, Akiva will be great at this. So maybe you should send at. me the questions before. I don't know, I, but I think of it. I think of the calendar from like a sports perspective. So, All right, you know, so what are the sports things? Uh, the Raptors won, won the championship. All right, I'm bored. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> let's get to... Uh, <laughs> Um, this is where I think the payoff is here. And I don't mean to suggest that there's this like huge payoff, but basically it boils down to it's, it's another sort of furthering of the relationship between Winston and Schmidt, that Schmidt's helping him and Winston's confiding in him. And Winston ends up killing the interview, but blows it at why do you want to sell medical supplies? And it's really... He still doesn't know what he wants to do. He has no direction coming out of Latvia. All he's been doing is playing basketball. You know, he was replaced by, quote, the better black guy, like not even valued for who he was as a player there. And like Schmidt in in five seconds, obviously it wasn't fully developed, like helps him sort of start his new life in the U.S. back in L.A. They go on this run. Winston's feeling great. And then Schmidt has a panic attack, you know, unrealistically fueled by not having seen Nick's chickadees. <laughs> but it's just sort of like, okay, Winston feels better because of Schmidt and also compared to Schmidt. And then later, it's like this nice moment where Winston defends, you know, the two storylines converge where Winston is defending Schmick's, Schmick's, Schmidt's interest in seeing Nick's bing bong. And so, like, it's sort of a, a weird, odd friendship moment for them. And I feel like we are going to start. I, I'm walking away from this episode thinking, okay, this is going to be sort of the evolution of Winston now. Like, he's willing to let go of. You know, he had this crazy. I don't know that it's going to happen, honestly, in just this one episode. But he's going to start, like, in earnest the job search and not just focus on ushering or being this washed up basketball player. Yeah, that was well said. I do think. That is a funny scene when they're running and, and Winston realizes well, like, how terrible Schmidt is. Like, the main crisis in his life is that he hasn't seen his, his friend's wiener. And, then and you know, um, that, that is funny. I do wonder if, we're gonna, if Winston ever plays professional basketball again. That's, that's th- well, something I've been wondering. 
does he ever, you know, I mentioned, is he going to make the NBA like hanging with Mr. Cooper? Or is he going to go back to All right, so let's jump to that because I feel like we're sort of, we're at the end of this episode. So looking ahead, uh, so do you think that he's going to play basketball again? I do think so. I think it it comes up. Maybe he like decides not to go last second, not to get on the plane, Ross and Rachel style or something. But uh, (laughs) but I I do think it's going to happen. I I think it's going to, the option is going to be out there again. Do you think we see Amanda again? No, I don't think I like Bell's like a legit star. If you said if this was just like sort of a B level actress, I'd say it's weird to have somebody who's a coworker who's just like written in once and then um, never again. But also, but like Lake Bell's character is not great, even though we do both like her. Uh, Alex seems to really like her, and uh, I'm gonna say no, <laughs> no, no, no more Lake Bell. I will tell you that there are guest stars who are A list actors who make more than one appearance. Okay, that's good to know. Um, okay, Matt Stewart says for Akiva, well, the fact that Schmidt hasn't seen Nick's Bing Bong ever come up again. I think it does. It would be funny if that's like a really, uh, like, constant through line throughout the series. I would actually make me laugh. By the way, back to Lake Bell. What do you think of the first name Lake? I think it works for her, but you have to be really stunningly beautiful in a very specific way to pull off the name Lake. Well, Lake, um, the only Lake I knew when I was a kid was Lake Dawson, who went to Notre Dame and was a wide receiver for the Chiefs. So what do you think of Lake as a as a as like a man's name also? I also stand by it. You have to be very attractive in a different way. Okay. But in a very specific way. I don't remember way. if Lake Dawson was attractive, but I feel like he probably was. Um, I have a working theory that depending on your name, like some people with names like you had to be successful based on having that name growing yeah, up. Yeah. It was all it was it was like uh, you know, a hundred or bust basically. Lake Dawson, I don't think, is quite there. I think that's, like, kind of a fine name, especially if you're a good-looking guy. I mean, my last name is Wieneker. Like, Lake anything is better than Wieneker. Eh. In a Jewish world, it's like... Should I change it to Akiva Chickadees? Should I change my last name? (laughs) Bing Bonker. Uh, Yeah, Akiva Bing Bonker. Uh, Ask, ask, uh, you have any kids around? Ask them if they want to be a deer of chickadees. It's 4 a.m. I do not have any kids around. (laughs) That out of context is a creepy thing to say. You have any kids around? Yeah, ask them about, about yeah. <laughs> um, so, so do you think the magic, Schmidt and magic is going to continue? Yes, I do think that's going to come up. Okay, and then uh, this was really big. Uh, Kayla at K-H Abby, K Abby mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter did not tweet at us. This was a viral tweet. Losing sleep fantasizing about how Schmidt from New Girl would be handling COVID. So I think whenever we think of it, another good segment would be checking in on Akiva's speculation on how Schmidt would be doing in a COVID world. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't I just don't know enough about Schmidt to know like his sort of like weird, like what would he be? I don't know. He would have to well, wear all right, a mask, I'll ask you, some- you know, in the shower when he's trying to see Nick's, uh, you know, uh, Guns N' Roses. Couple questions. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's uh, like a COVID denier or is he observant about COVID? Uh, I think Nick would be uh, super observant and Schmidt would be a denier. Interesting. Um, so and Zo- no and Zoe would be off the chart. Zoe would not, would barricade herself in her room, I think, for six so months. So you think Schmidt is a no mask? I think Schmidt's no mask. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess that's really it. Um, looking ahead to episode five, can you believe we, we've made it through four episodes of this? Uh, yeah, I can believe. I've uh, let me. I have a couple more notes. I, I'm looking at my notes now. Oh, please go, please. Uh, a pet peeve, not to get like too creepy here, but <laughs> when 
You when, couldn't possibly get creepy. We might. You might have to cut it. Like when Nick and Lake Bell are, are getting to the I'm bed. I'm not cutting this. Okay. So you could think about when it. When Nick and Lake Bell are getting to the bed and she's doing like the weird panting thing while she's still like standing up and just like thinking about taking off her pants. That's such a weird TV trope also where where you're making these like very excited noises and nothing is happening. To like, you know what I mean? Because like you're not going to show like any sort of. I mean, not nothing is happening. No one in the history of the world has ever made those noises at that point. <laughs> All right. What's your other note? What else you got? Um, that was riveting. So I can't. That was to, great. That no, was your number one note. Uh, I can't believe I don't have better uh, naked stories. But I don't really have any. I guess if you have seen me naked, then write in. Uh, because <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know. I'm so I'm trying to trying to. Did you hear back notes. from Chester? I I didn't really text him. I don't know what. He's, Why not? It would be an insane thing to text. What What do you want me to text them? He's watching New Girl, so I don't think it would be. I think you should say. I'm just gonna get a text during the week. The problem is like my kids gonna have my phone. They're gonna be playing. I like, think you should message phone. Chester and say if we were real friends, you'd let me see your chickadees. He'll send them right away. <laughs> I don't really want it. Just see what do he I, says. Uh, do I have to send them back then? <laughs> no, I hope not. I, I, well, he might be he might be upset. Are you saying it in our podcast chat? I don't. I'm not going to do it because just do it. Oh my god! Don't be such a bing bong. No, I'm not going to do that. Why not? I don't know. Then he's going to show it to Doctor Jen. She's going to make fun of me. He's watching New Girl though. He'll know and he'll hear this part of the podcast. All oh. right, you made it not fun. Now it doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Okay. Any other notes? I was very bad at dare and truth or dare. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> you were probably a truth person. I said I did a I did a podcast um, a challenge preview draft, a speculative challenge preview draft with uh, Matt Ligori and, and Brian Scally and my co-host on the challenge wrap up, Brian Cohen. And I tried to set stakes like we all have individual teams, but let's do it. Me and Brian versus Scally and Matt and let's do stakes. And it was like pulling teeth with them to get them to put stakes on it. I felt like you. You, you felt like me that you like you pull teeth with me, or or I no, like. No, like I feel like you're always a champion of trying to it put stakes on It is true because things. people, I, I, there's a certain type of person that doesn't like gambling, and I don't understand it. All right, so you know what the stakes are for that? Okay. So they so they're not putting it on their feed; they're putting it on our feed. Um, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And so these are if two we rival for people who don't know, these are two rival MTV's the challenge podcasts you're talking about. We're, okay. fr- we're friends though. It's not rivals. Not no, no, There's friends obviously you're but I'm saying two separate different network MTV the challenge podcasts. Correct. Yes. So occasionally we've we've done a crossover episode before where we've aired it on both threads, but they're like afraid of Colin Dom and Colin, who is their network for whatever reason. So they didn't wanna have it on there whatever this is incredible so inside baseball sure i said no the, but i didn't need to explain that the point is if they lose which we will find out at the end of the season of the challenge then they have to put the new they have to put our draft from the preseason out as though it's a new episode on their thread okay. without any explanation and they both have to tweet a tweet promoting it all right that's funny that's I like pretty that. good yeah i like that Harmless. I think we got off easy for for their stakes for our stakes. If we lose, they have to pick three people from the challenge universe who have not been canceled. That was my stipulation, and we will, in earnest, both seek to have them on as guests, uh, and hopefully get one. 
And the bit is like, we're probably, they'll probably say no to us. And that will be the embarrassing part is that we had to ask people to be on. And yeah, all right, that's fine. They probably will ignore you. A lot of them have a lot of followers also. So they'll probably not even see it or pay attention to it. So, yeah. So there's the stakes for that. No one cares, but that's it. All right. Any other, any other takes before we uh, get to what the episode five title is? You nailed this. You think you could go two for two? I'm not sure. I don't know the title yet. Um, I don't really have any more takes. I, oh, I like the line, families ignore things until they go away. That was a funny line in the episode. Like, families don't talk about their feelings. They ignore, Are you more of a talk about your feelings family or an ignore things till they go away family? 50-50. Me and my dad are ignore things till they go away. My mom and brother talk about things. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, that is interesting. Now I'm two on one, so it's harder. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Uh, yeah, no, I, I'd love to ignore. I mean, not everyone agrees with me. I'd love to ignore things till they go away. And if the problem gets bigger, that's, you know, that's future Kiwi's problem. With family, with friends, I'm not. With friends where it's like optional for them to be in my life, I'm going to talk about it and resolve it. Yeah, no, with you'll family, boil down. Like, forget it. Sometimes, like, if you're not happy with something, you can be uh, very relentless. Like, until the problem is solved, you're going <laughs> to you're gonna keep Relentless, no. Kiev is referencing... We had a disagreement. No, and, let's not get into it. And Akiva, like, immediately tried to change the subject to New Girl. And, in fact, put New Girl in his bio just to try to get in my good <laughs> graces, which had nothing to do with it. And so I was not like, true. don't change the subject. I'm talking to you about a situation. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, relentless. It was like, you tried to quit immediately and change the topic. And it's like, that I don't do. Well, I've never won an argument with you. So it was like, all right, I agree with you. Um, like, no, I don't like that. You don't have to agree. We can agree. I'm a big agree to disagree person. No, that's fine too. But I like I did agree. You were right there. I'm also like batting O for like a million in arguments with you so far. Although I will one day win one, I think. And then listeners, let me know, let us know when I win an argument against Allie. Like when you think I'm right and she's wrong. Well, I, I mean. You know, sometimes things happen. I tell you, please don't do this, and then you do it. So it's like, well, what? that's not winning an argument. See, it's isn't just it like... better to ignore things till they go away, Allie? <laughs> yeah, when you're in the wrong, yeah. it's definitely easier. Well, that's a, okay, Mara Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I am being adopted. We're in the process. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot, that was supposed to be a surprise. For the listeners? <laughs> no, for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, well, now can we get to the uh, episode five speculation? Yes, what's the title? All right, actually, before we do that, let's mm-hmm. do that as a little teaser. Let's thank our five-star viewers. We are up to 67 five-star reviews. Can't believe it. Couldn't appreciate it more. Huge thank you to Max Kobe, uh, DJ, SBAG, SKDBXH, GB Hatch, Jamie92199, Andrea122112211221, uh, Ron Lynn, Fan5678, ABCD, Stinky Feet, 704. Uh, there were 703 Rose. Stinky Feets before them? <laughs> Step oh, Rose the Rules. Today. And Henry, 5454. Five, uh, thank you, guys. I really can't tell you how many times I check this a day and how much it means to me and Kiwi. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to, let us know what you think of the show. Help people find us. You know, we're very behind when you search New Girl, but again, we're number one on iTunes when you search Old Guy. Uh, Rob has, uh, no, <laughs> whoa, sorry. Uh, anchor.fm slash new girl old guy, or it's a pin tweet at last tweets. Um, if you're interested in the challenge, this is why I have this on the brain. If you're interested in the challenge, um, podcast, I speculate, I, I speculated, I teased earlier. 
You'll be able to find that soon at robinswebsite.com slash challenge iTunes. You can subscribe there to hear me with my OG co-host, OG, not old guy, OG co-host, Brian Cohen. Um, so subscribe there and you'll just get it in your feed when it drops. That's a lot of good plugs. You're a pro. Do you want to do your plugs? Uh, yeah, we'll... at Keith 26 um, Robin and Keith need a podcast. The next episode we do will be episode 100, episode 99. Robin and I had a debate. It started, we had to sort of find our ways in the water, but then we had a fun time. Uh, I love AJ Norris, too. So yeah, AJ Norris is great, Latanya Starks, and uh, Melissa Denny. And uh, Rob has an all-star There's room. an all-time moment in uh, in episode 99, but you have to wait for it. But the, Is it going to get cut into the... Can you give us an exclusive? Is that going to get quickly added into the 100th episode? Oh, good question. That's uh, You know what? You should be, uh, you know, you, you should be a podcast producer because I hadn't thought of that till this second. It might have to be a late ad because, yes, episode 100 we're doing... If, uh, if you've never heard of that podcast, you want to check it out. We're doing like 15 of the best clips and 15 different people coming in and roasting us and... I don't know. There's a lot of things. It's like going to be a four-hour jam-packed episode. Um, it's funny because my idea for that episode was to like make it very like, oh, here's like if our podcast is complicated, here's a way to get in simply. But now it's not. It's not complicated. It, nobody would would is going to find it who's who's uh, never heard it before. Um, and uh, 32 fans, we're almost done uh, previewing all 32 NFL teams. We've done 30 out of 32 NFL previews, and uh, the NFL season starts on Sunday. And I will truly be happy again. Oh, no happiness. Okay, well, we're thrilled to see Happy Keeve because this this Keeve has been unbearable. What? No, I've been in <laughs> a good joking. mood the last few weeks. No, I'm joking. Like if 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 you're gonna know happiness, then I don't know what this has been. I'm, you know, there is a there is a part of my. This is gonna be very sad. Not as sad as the pickles thing. <laughs> there is a part of my soul that is only full when football's on. Did you salivate when you last said pickles, or was that one I of did. the off times? I know I did. <laughs> Once I think about it, now I, now I'm gonna sell, now I'm gonna salivate for the next. Weekend. That is so funny because I feel like a lot of our stories, you know, a lot of your stories have been said on other podcasts. Yes. But is this the first? Is this an exclusive? The pickles thing? I don't think my wife even knows it. Like I haven't mentioned <laughs> it in like 15 years. Okay, would you text uh, your co-host Alex Chester? Uh, I salivate every time I hear pickles out of context. Okay, I salivate. <laughs> All right, while you're doing this, I'll let you know that season one, episode five next week will be called CC Crashes. What do you think CC Crashes is about, Akiva? Okay, so, oh, so now we're getting, you know, some real CC time. She's she's the titular character, the eponymous character of uh, <laughs> yeah, the, there you go. the next episode. I think that something happens in her, her apartment and now she is crashing in the loft as the fifth wheel. What happens in her apartment? Oh, I got to guess that. Um, sure. She gets exiled. Okay. All right. With that, um, again, you could check us out at anchor.fm slash newgirloldguy. Remember, you have less than fewer than 20 episodes to lock yourself in. Get your friends on board. Send them this podcast. Let them know we're here uh, before we close the door forever. Someone was like, that's multi-level marketing stuff. And that made me laugh really hard. Um, yeah. False scarcity, baby. Uh, love to see it. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for getting through this with us. We will see you next week for CC Crashes. <laughs>